Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. I love the straightforwardness and the simplicity that, that he uses to teach. His teachings are very simple for everybody to understand. If it hadn't been for this ministry, I don't know where I would be. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Monday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today is the beginning of my fourth week of teaching on living in God's best. You know, I'm thinking that this week may be my last week to be teaching on this. So this is the beginning of my fourth week. I've got this book, CDs and DVDs, and I encourage you to please take advantage of this. I tell you, this has transformed my life. Believing that I'm blessed has just changed everything. I really believe I'm blessed. And I've been giving a lot of personal testimonies because I've got a lot of testimonies about how this is working in my life. And regardless of who you are, if you are born again, you are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's what Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 says. Now, it's all conditional upon you being born again. If you aren't born again, God has blessed you and extended salvation towards you. But until you partake of it, and receive Jesus as your Lord, these blessings won't manifest in your life. And even after you're born again, they don't manifest automatically. You've got to believe it. I've spent a number of days last week trying to emphasize that. And let me turn back to Deuteronomy chapter 28. On last Friday's broadcast, I was just going through and listing what some of the blessings are. Now, Deuteronomy 28 made all of these blessings that are being mentioned here, dependent upon your performance. In the New Testament, it's not dependent upon your performance, but rather it's dependent upon your faith in Jesus. Jesus fulfilled all of the commandments, and now we get them not through holiness and being and performing properly, but through just trusting in Jesus. We have to believe Him. So um, I've already covered Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 3 through uh, 7. Let me just go back and read these. In verse 3, it said, Blessed shalt thou be in the city, blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in. Blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. I commented on all of those verses last Friday. Again, if you've missed any of this, I encourage you to get this because you need to apply this to your present day situation. You are blessed. In verse 8, it says, The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses. Notice the wording here. The Lord is going to command. Did you know when the Lord commands something, it comes to pass? God is going to command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Notice it says he commands this blessing upon you in your storehouses. Last Friday, I mentioned this, that if you don't have a storehouse, and again, I believe that this is for the modern application of it, it would be like a savings account, some extra set aside. If you don't set anything aside, God can't bless nothing. It also says in this same verse that he will bless whatever you set your hand unto. If you are setting your hand unto nothing, 
God can't bless nothing. A hundred times zero is zero. This is why I am against the concept of people just living by welfare. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I know that there's probably a lot of people who are receiving some kind of government welfare who are watching this program. God's not mad at you. I'm just saying that's not God's best. Anybody might be in a situation where you need to take help for a period of time. I'm not saying that you're sinning. I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'm saying that that is never God's best. If you don't have faith for something more than what welfare can provide, then you just aren't you aren't very strong in faith. God's got something better than that. You ought to be looking for something more. And so it says he'll bless what you set your hand unto. If you're just sitting at home, receiving unemployment, doing nothing, did you know what? God can't bless that because you aren't doing anything. You got to set your hand unto something. I've had people come to me and say, but I'm making more money off of welfare than I could make if I went to McDonald's or to Walmart and was a greeter or something like that. And I agree that that's true. But if you went to Walmart or McDonald's or took any kind of employment, God could bless that because you've set your hand onto something. But God can't bless zero. You know, I can guarantee you if I had to, and if I went and took a job at McDonald's, I believe I'm blessed and I would be the best employee that they've ever had. And I could guarantee it would be a short period of time until I either managed or owned that McDonald's, which that'd be a pretty good income. You know, I was just talking to Stephen Bransford yesterday, who's the director of our television stuff. And he was telling me about back, you know, I don't know when he was 20 years old or something. He took a job at uh, Goodwill. And he was just doing some menial thing that didn't take much brain power. And so as he was doing this menial job, he was looking around and he saw the inefficiencies and he just began to draw on a piece of paper how they could improve that whole deal. And one day an efficiency expert walked through, saw his drawings, asked what they were, and he told him what it was. And anyway, they wound up promoting him, I think, twice to where he was nearly running the place. And see, that's because he's blessed. And I'm telling you, all of us are blessed. And if you would go out and set your hand, you might start at the bottom. But if you believed you were blessed and started doing I, the most menial job, it'd just be a short period of time till God promoted you. But if you're sitting at home doing nothing and waiting on God to just dump something in your lap, it's not going to happen. You're going to have to have a miracle. A blessing is dependent upon you setting your hand unto. This says that he will bless what you set your hand unto. What are you setting your hand unto? What are you doing? Do something. Do something lest you do nothing. It'd be better to go out and do something and make a mistake than to do nothing. Do something. He'll bless what you set your hand unto in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. In verse 9, it says, The Lord shall establish thee and holy people unto himself, as he has sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. Again, the New Testament believer, it isn't dependent upon us doing everything right, but it's dependent upon us having faith in Jesus who did everything right. We get the blessings through his performance. But notice it says he'll establish us as a holy people unto himself. 
In the New Testament, over in the book of Peter, it says you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. God has blessed us. And did you know in the Old Testament, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, these people, because they were blessed of the Lord, kings came out to them and said, you are the blessed of the Lord. You are so mighty that you, we are... Uh, area can't handle us and you. You have to depart. You're more prosperous than all of us. Did you know that that was a result of the blessing? When's the last time that somebody came to you and just talked about how blessed you are? They could just see the blessing of God all over you. You know, I know that there's some people watching this program that that happens. I've been in places before and people said, you're a Christian, aren't you? And I mean, I didn't say anything about the Lord, but they could just tell. Uh, I am blessed. And there's people that sometimes will come up and say things about how I'm blessed. There's some of you watching this program that nobody's ever looked at you and said you're blessed. If you are truly born again, the truth is you are, and this is part of your inheritance, that the blessing of God ought to be so manifest that other people can see that you're called by the name of the Lord. It ought to be evident in your life. I've had people come up to me before and look at the car that I'm driving and saying, what do you do for a living? And I told them I'm a minister. And they said, ministers shouldn't drive this nice of a car. I didn't buy the car. It was given to me. Somebody gave it to me. But you know what? <laughs> That's the way it ought to be. I had a man tell me one time, he says, if you aren't embarrassed by the level of prosperity that you have, then you haven't tapped into God's blessing." And at first I thought, what does that mean? But you know what? God is El Shaddai. He's not El Chipo. He paves his streets with gold. The foundation of his building in heaven is made out of precious stones, diamonds. He has gates that are made of pearls. I mean, God is a God of abundance. And if you can look around and nobody ever sees abundance in your life, if it isn't embarrassing sometimes the way that God has blessed you, you haven't really activated the blessing of God. I guarantee you, God will bless you. He, that's what he's wanting to do. That's what these promises are. In verse 10, it says, And all people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. Did you know that there ought to be a holy not an unholy, but a holy fear of God when people see you. They ought to recognize that, man, if I mess with him, I'm messing with God. And people ought to respect you. There ought to be a respect. Not something that you demand and tell people that they have to respect you, but they just see it. Notice it says that they will see that thou art called by the name of the Lord. In other words, you don't have to go around professing it and telling people. You don't have to make everybody honor you. You have to earn their respect and honor. But when you're walking in the blessing of the Lord, people will see that you're blessed. People will recognize it. The fear of the Lord will fall upon them. You know, to a degree, we've seen this in Woodland Park where we moved our Bible college because there was opposition when I first moved in. There's a lot of people. It's a town of 7,000 people that's about 15 miles west of Colorado Springs up in the mountains. And there's a lot of people that move there because they like a little town and they didn't want it to grow. They fought when Walmart came in. They fought McDonald's when they came in. It wasn't limited to us. But anyway, there was criticism and we had a lot of people upset, but we had an art performance at our um, 
place in Woodland Park over the Christmas holidays. It's a thing that we call the Heart of Christmas. And one of the ladies, a student who is an actor in this play, saw a person at a store during the day and invited them to come. Anyway, I talked to him. And this guy was an Olympic gold medalist that had defected to the United States. And he lives right next door to where our place is. And he came and he saw what God was doing. He was so impacted by that performance that he came up to me afterwards and said, I was one of the ones who criticized you. But he says, man, I see the blessing of God. I see the power of God on this place. He said he was never going to miss another thing that we ever put on there. You know what? That's what this is talking about, that they will see that we're called by the name of the Lord and they'll fear. And, and God's blessing, that's part of the blessing of God. That should happen in your neighborhood. It should happen wherever you are, whatever the problems are. You're blessed, but you have to cooperate. You have to believe this. Somebody says, well, that's never happened to me. Well, you got to believe it. I believe that I'm blessed. I speak that I'm blessed. It goes on to say in verse 11, it says, And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods, in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, in the fruit of thy ground, in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to give thee. Boy, this is a blessing. God is going to give you a super abundance. Matter of fact, over in the book of Malachi, when it was talking about the tithe, and this tithe, again, has to be interpreted in light of the new covenant, because in the New Testament, we are redeemed from the curse. So I'm not cursed if I don't pay my tithe, but there's still a blessing on the tithe. And in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, it says that the Lord thy God will open unto thee as good treasure to all of these lands, and you will have so much abundance that you won't have room enough to receive it. It's talking about overflowing. In Luke chapter 6, verse 38, it says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give unto you. See, again, it's talking about an abundance. When Jesus turned the water into wine, they had uh, three water pots with all of these firkins in there. And I, you know, the, I don't remember the exact number right now, but I've looked it up. And each one of these water pots contained anywhere from 30 to 50 gallons. And Jesus made such an abundance. He made 150 gallons, uh, 90 to 150 gallons worth of wine. And he made it the best. It was more than enough. When he took the five loaves and the two fish and blessed it, Notice he blessed it. He spoke over it instead of cursing it and saying, you aren't enough. He blessed it and said, you are enough. And he broke it and he fed. And he fed 5,000 men, not including all the women and children. And he had 12 baskets full of fragments left over after everybody had had seconds and thirds as much as they wanted. Now, see, that's the way that God is. God is El Shaddai, not El Chipo. It's an abundance. And this is what this is saying, that he will make thee plenteous in goods, in the fruit of thy body, in the fruit of thy cattle, in the fruit of thy ground, in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee. This is talking about super abundance. There are so many people that just think, well, I just want to get enough to just get by. I don't want to ask for much. You know what? That's not God's best. I know people, and I mean good people, who've said things like this. I've had people come to me and say, I've got enough. I've got, I don't have a fancy house. It it's really needs some repairs, but you know, the roof doesn't leak. It's okay. My car's not nice, but it is dependable. I don't have real nice clothes. I don't have a bunch of anything, but I've got enough, and I'm just content. 
and they think that that's godly. Did you know, I think that we should be content with what, what, whatever we've got, but we shouldn't be complacent. God is a God of abundance. He wants to make you plenteous in goods. Did you know if you've got enough and you say, I wouldn't believe God for any more, I've got enough. I'm saying this in love to you. I hope you don't get offended, but you know what? That's selfish. You're thinking that prosperity is just for you. And so once you get your needs taken care of, once you can survive, then forget about the rest of the world. Forget about everything else. It's all about you. And once you get enough, then you're content. You don't want any more. That is super selfish. You know what? If you've got enough and if you don't want any more, believe for extra and give it to me so that I can preach the gospel around the world, so that we can train up students to go out and make a difference, so that we can impact our world. If you got enough, you don't have to get more stuff, but believe for more. Let God prosper you, make you plenteous in goods so that you can help establish the kingdom. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, that God is able to make all grace abound towards us so that we always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound unto every good work. The reason God wants to make you plenteous in goods and stuff is so that you can abound unto every good work. You know, right now we're building a Bible college campus, but I still have tens of millions of dollars to go. And right now we are bursting at the seams. And you know what? If you've got enough and if you say, I don't want any more, well, then believe with me and agree with me and, and give us money so that we can help establish this. Now, some of you think that that's terrible that I would say that, but I, that's the way that I live. You know, my wife and I'm not going to tell you the amount, but we just brought in a very large offering today to give to my own ministry because I'm believing for extra, not so that I can have more. I live in a house that's a wonderful house. I love it. I designed it. I built it. We built it for $60,000 in 1988. It's probably worth hundreds of thousands now because of inflation and stuff. But I'm saying it's a, it's a modest home. Most of the people, or let me, I don't know that I could say most, many of the people watching this program, you live in a nicer house than I do. You drive a nicer car than I do. I drive a Ford Escape. I'm not complaining. I love it. I've picked what I wanted. I paid cash for that car. I am not complaining. I like what I've got, but I'm saying, I am not saying, God, I've got all I want. Don't give me any more. I am believing for more and I'm giving bunches away. My wife and I have given away up to 80 and 90% of our income in a year away. We don't do that every year, but we give a minimum. We have 25% that we put in a give account, and then we give way above that. We probably give 30 or 40% on a regular basis, sometimes up to 90%. And we do this, and we're believing God for increase, not for ourselves. I'm not going to go get a nicer house, a nicer car, but I'm doing it so I can put it into the gospel. This is part of the blessing of God. God has blessed you, and all you got to do is believe, and God will make you plenteous in your goods. Look at this next verse in verse 12. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thine hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. You know, I use the latter part of this verse a lot in the beginning of this series, talking about how people have settled for debt because debt is so easy to come by. 
people just go in debt and they wind up paying for things two and three times what it would have cost if they'd have just paid cash. And most people are good with that. But did you know that God's blessing is upon you so that you can lend unto others, but you'll never have to borrow? God is not mad at you if you borrow. You aren't in sin, but it's not God's best. I guarantee you God's best is for you to be debt free. And notice also it says right here that he'll open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give rain unto thy land into season. Did you know that this means that you could break droughts? You know, there, when I first moved to Colorado, I was pastoring a little church in Pritchett, Colorado. And all of the people in that church were either farmers or ranchers. And they had wheat crops. They had grass and things that their cattle were going to uh, starve or they were either going to have to spend a lot of money buying um, hay if they didn't get rain. And it was critical. And I mean, we were in a severe drought when I first moved here. This was in 19... Uh, 78. And uh, we actually went out to this place called John Martin Reservoir. And it was this huge reservoir that was miles and miles long. And I took my kids out there, my wife, and we were going to have a picnic. And when we got out there, all there was was a little trickle. It was the Arkansas River. And you could actually step across it. It was down to just a trickle. We were in a severe drought and that entire reservoir was empty. And so because of this scripture and because I knew that we were blessed, we got the people in that church together and we started praying and believing God. We fasted and prayed and believed. And did you know that there started a rain and it wasn't a deluge, it was a steady rain so that it wouldn't all run off. People's crops were saved. And I specifically spoke that John Martin Reservoir would never be empty again. I believe this scripture that I was blessed. And you know what? To my knowledge, that was in 1988. And to my knowledge, John Martin Reservoir has never been empty again. Now, it might have been, but as far as I know, it never has. It filled up. And somebody thinks, and so you think that your prayers did that? Absolutely. What's the point in me praying if I think that my prayers aren't going to be answered? I don't think that I'm the only one who prayed. There may have been many people praying. So I'm not claiming that it was all me, but I'm saying it was part me. I believed and I stood on this. And if I didn't believe that God was answering my prayers, well, then what was the point in me praying in the first place? Of course, I believe that my prayers did this. And there are some of you think, well, I'd never do that. Well, then it won't work for you. If you don't believe this, then you just go through drought and you go through problems and you go through all these things. But God has blessed us. We can even affect the weather because we're blessed, but it doesn't just happen automatically. You got to believe in order to receive. If you doubt, you do without. But man, these are just some of the blessings that come upon me. And it goes on to say that he'll make us the head and not the tail. We'll be above only and not beneath. Do you ever walk up to people and say, how are you? And they say, well, not too bad under the circumstances. I always say, what are you doing under there? You're supposed to be above and not beneath the head, not the tail. Brothers and sisters, God has blessed us, but you've got to believe it. Man, I've got a lot more to share on this. We'll continue it on our program tomorrow. Let me encourage you to please get this book. I tell you, it's awesome. I believe it'll really bless you. It'll help you. And we also have DVDs and CDs if you'll listen to our announcer, he'll give you all the information about ways that you can take advantage of this teaching. But please take advantage of it. It would be a blessing. And join me again tomorrow as we continue the gospel truth. Andrew's entire series, Living in God's Best, 
is available as a book in either English or Spanish, as a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast, or as a CD or DVD album recorded live from a Gospel Truth seminar. You can also get this teaching as a companion study guide. The study guide will deepen your personal understanding and is perfect for home groups or Sunday schools. Each of these valuable resources are available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. This entire series is also available for audio download absolutely free from our website. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. The individual topic highlighted on today's broadcast is available as an audio CD for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or you can call our helpline at 719-635-1111. Our helpline is open Monday through Friday, 24 hours a day, and Saturday and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Mountain Time. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. suspected of following the religious sect known as Christianity will be thrown to the lions. You know, the Lord has given me a huge vision and we've been blessed up to this point, but I've still got so much that God's leading me to do. I'm believing God for 10,000 new partners. We've already got over $120 million worth of buildings in just the last nine years, but I've got at least $100 million worth, maybe $200 million worth of buildings still in my heart for our students, for an activity center. We've got a new student housing that we've got a preliminary drawing of that is showing you a little idea of what it would look like. This one would house about 120 people. Our others are gonna be smaller with maybe somewhere around 40 people per dorm, but we need this student housing and we need people to become partners. I'm believing for 10,000 new partners. I would ask you to pray about it, and if the Lord says so, join with us and help us change people's lives through Karis Bible College.
before you were even formed in your mother's womb, God already had determined a purpose for your life, a God-given purpose. God has a purpose to train you in what you're called to do, and I tell you, Karis Bible College is the place for that. Man, if you want a life change, come to Karis. Come on to Karis! The next two to three years could be the most powerful time of your life. If you sit under the Word for four hours a day, for five days a week, for two or three years, I guarantee you, you are going to have God speak to you and start revealing purpose to you. Every one of you are created for a purpose. Do you know what that purpose is?